Hello there, and welcome back to the Havas Cafe and the Meaningful Media Podcast. I've got two very special live guests with me I'll introduce in a moment. But first, some context for this, our last episode from the cafe this can week. What do you think of when you hear the word streaming? Ninja, Aaron Play and Rubius might not be household names, but between them they share an audience of tens of millions. They're Twitch streamers who build passionate fan bases around their content. Twitch is a big deal, from the press. First, quoting Forbes, Twitch is now pulling in mainstream viewers with its vision for the future of live TV. And Quartz agrees, the future of Twitch will, more or less, be the future of streaming. But what is that future? It isn't just about scale or only game streaming. It's new streaming formats, like just chatting, intimate to camera connections with creators and their fans. It's comedians, performers, and even podcasters turning on the camera to connect with their audiences. And it's something deeply unique to Twitch. It's the strength of community, the power of fans. When you look at unique channels, the diversity and scale of Twitch blows other platforms away with several times those of competitors. Audience behavior on Twitch is also unique with a whole language and symbolic culture in the chat and cheers, cheer motes and gifts supporting and interacting with streamers. It's why connections and fandom matter more than just metrics. Fandom and the experience of being a fan is unique. Today, we're going to explore what being a fan means and why it matters to media experience. To do this, we're joined in front of a live studio audience here at the Havertz Cafe by two brilliant guests. First, introducing Kevin Paskins. Kevin leads EMEA Sales. Prior to joining Twitch, he powered growth for Global Radio and started his career in production roles. He maintains an interest in media theory and its application to understanding a rapidly evolving media landscape. And introducing Vanessa Lopez. Vanessa is a streamer who's built a passionate and growing community of fans around her music, production, and performance. Vanessa performs at clubs and festivals and has pioneered bringing this kind of media experience to Twitch. She's built an incredible connection with her fans and is here to tell us about it. Let's give these folks a, a warm welcome, please, here at the Havas Scout House. Kevin, Twitch recently released its Anatomy of Hype report. Can you talk us through some of the highlights of the report and how it helps us understand fans? Absolutely. Yeah, so fan culture is absolutely embedded in what Twitch is strong in and how our audience interact with us. And as a result, um, we wanted to really get into the weeds of that. That's quite a hard challenge to overcome. If you think about fandom and fandom culture, that's going to have to compass anything from football games and going to a football game as a season ticket holder all the way through to an online community um, playing a game like Genshin Impact or, for example, maybe even a cosy gaming example like Stardew Valley. Such disparate ideas. And so what we did was we, we, put, we commissioned a, a really robust report um, and we, look, we spoke to experts, we spoke to small fan groups and then we also um, reached out to 12,000 respondents across 12 countries. So it's really, really robust. We had a thousand in each country and then we split that across five different areas of fandom. So we looked at music, we looked at professional sports, we looked at video games, we looked at sci-fi and fantasy, and we looked at streetwear. So we got a really broad view um, to be able to pull out like the macro truths around fandom. So the first thing like that the report showed is that we need to understand the context of where we've come from. And so ultimately, I, I, there's been a massive cultural shift, particularly I, even thinking back to when I was young, which obviously was not long ago, um, but... When we were young, like think about like the historic ideas of cool, 
right? Um, and what was cool, if you think like to like the representations of that on the screen, like things like the fonds or um, hey. yeah, <laughs> like the fonds. I mean, I'm picking it very specifically, like and Danny Zuko in Greece. The reason I'm picking them is there's such big stereotypes of this behavior, which is leaned out, disinterested. They are literally too cool for school. Whereas now you can fast forward to who we who we're interested in and who's celebrated, and you've got creators such as Francis Bourgeois in the UK, who's a train spotting enthusiast and has become so enormous that he's now a model for Gucci. Mm. That's a massive change for us to navigate. And so that cultural shift sets the tone of where it is. Off the back of that, like now like fandom is part of everyday life. Like it, it's positive. Um and the seventy percent of the of the uh, respondents agree that fandom is part of their everyday life now. Um, and what we've seen there off this off this platform, fandom is now such an enormous part of our lives. People have become almost what we're calling fluid fans. Um, on average, seven point six fandoms per person, and that, so that's gone from not being not being it was it was not cool to be associated with anything, and now everyone wants to be interested in, in many things. Um, an enormous change, and the drivers of that. Are really twofold. Happiness, we know that that's the number one benefit um, of being a fan is that it made people happier. And connection, 88% share their fandom with someone they know. This is just about being human and sharing passions and interests together. So I think it's fascinating because what the report is doing is, one, it's redefining fandom, but it's also helping us understand that how that language of fandom is, is evolving. And the, the point you raised about it going from sort of a passive remote figure to someone who's leaning in and engaged, which Twitch allows as a platform. But you also mentioned Twitch is more than just gaming, right? You mentioned music, you mentioned so much more that's going on. So we have a brilliant creator and streamer who's doing just that, is uh, is doing and creating outside of what Twitch may have previously been known for. So Vanessa, I'm going to ask you to talk us through your journey as a creator. I think you started in gaming and, other, and, and did work on other platforms, but then... You know, your, your current work is slightly different and you felt Twitch was the, the best fit. Just t- talk us through your journey, where you've come from, where you're going. Yeah, um, so somebody recommended Twitch to me. And at first I was also like, uh, Twitch is like more about gaming, right? Was it, was it Kevin? <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I was like, okay, let me let me see what, what Twitch has to offer besides gaming. And then I found out you can actually like share your own musical way there, right? So I was like trying it out. Um, I still do a lot of content besides of music. I also travel with the chat. I do just chattings. I, I also game. Can you, can you explain what a just chatting is? Just chatting is basically sitting down and chatting to people and just talking to them like I'm talking to you. People, that's the great thing about Twitch because there is an instant feedback. People can ask you questions, people can interact with you, people can change the course of uh, talks. So they're just, they can ask you anything basically. And uh, it's, it's different than like uh, we were talking about like years ago where like content creators or artists were like so far away and now they can actually talk to you, you know, that, that, that's, that's the difference. It's just so much closer. So I want to I want to talk about one of the ways that Twitch does that, which is the the real time interaction feature, which is a key way of um, enhancing the creator audience connection. Why is that so important for fans? Twitch, um, you have the content. Uh, Ninety nine times out of hundred, you'll have the streamer who is good. You can see their reactions. But then the third piece, which we're talking about, is the chat function. 
And the reason that's important is because it allows everyone in the stream to not only communicate with creators like Vanessa, but also to be able to communicate with each other. And if, and if you want to understand communities, how communities are built, communities fundamentally are people are arranged around um, a, a passion or an interest who are communicating. Mm -hmm. And the more frequently you get communication, uh, communication, the more frequent that is, the more likely emotional bonds are to form. And once you have an emotional bond, you have a you have a community, and that can exist both physically and offline. So local communities, traditional thoughts around communities, but online as well. If you want a really good example of that, most of us, I think, here would have worked through the pandemic and would have met a new colleague online entirely, and they would have had a relationship before we met them. And so those bonds are real, and that's what's happening on Twitch on, on a grand scale. Interesting. So, Vanessa, come to you now. Like, Kevin raised some interesting points about the uniqueness of Twitch. Can you talk us through how uh, the sort of live streaming, that that kind of um, intimacy and connection with your fans and the real-time interaction feature? Chat? Chat, yep. <clears throat> has influenced the, the way you do content creation. How do, you, how do you use them to connect with your fans? Twitch gives you, like, uh, tons of tools that you can use to to make people like interact with your stream. Also, people can do emojis of your own channel, of other channels, of Twitch itself. So there are a bunch of possibilities for people to, to, to be a part of, of the content, actually, because the chat is part of the content. And it's a very important part of the content because you can do the best content ever. If nobody is interacting, then you're missing something on Twitch, right? So the, the chat is, is a huge thing for a streamer. And... Um, you just read the chat as a content creator, you're, you're there, you're making your content, you read the people, you read the feedback, you see how people are vibing, either to your chat, to your music, to whatever you're doing. And um, that's just an amazing feeling because you, you get an instant feedback. And um, it's, it's not like I post something and I wait for a comment. It's like you get a, an instant feedback from people. And that motivates you as a content creator because you're like, oh, what I'm doing, somebody's seeing it and somebody is vibing with me. It's actually, you get um, a certain love, virtual love back. And um, that is a, a very motivating thing that Twitch gives you as a content creator that is nearly impossible on other platforms. So here at Have Us Media Network and on the Meaningful Media Podcast, we talk about media experience. And, and that is a media experience. I think the way that the product and the media and the the experience of the media is working for you as a creator, but also for, for the audience. It, mm -hmm. it really helps us to understand what makes this a, a unique media and the best way to uh, to understand and, and work with it. Follow-on question, do you find interaction with your fans within your chat? Do, do, do they sort of interact with each other as well? Yes. So they, well, I, I also do like meetings outside of Twitch, which is great because people see each other in real life. Same thing as you were saying, oh, right? Okay. So IRL. They yeah, they know each other like virtually and then there are also community meetups and they actually meet in real life and they communicate also like with each other. And also on chat, of course. So the stream is for them like, um, like a, a fun place to be. So they know, oh, at this and this time, Vanessa goes online and I see this and this and this person. And they're, they, they build up sort of virtual and also real life friendships, right? So they are not also interested in seeing me. They are also interested in talking to each other because uh, usually the community is built by people with the same humor, with the same taste, with the same goals. And of course, the, the content creator is like mm -hmm. maybe the, the middle piece of all of this, but um, people just 
find each other there. And uh, that's the great thing about Twitch because there are actually people like finding a safe spot, especially through the pandemic, that was a safe place for so many people because they could not leave home. They were maybe sick. They were maybe not able to be like outside with real friends, so to say. So it was a, a very good thing for many people to not like be completely isolated. So. I think you started streaming, if I'm right, or, or uh, started your current work around the time of the pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was part of that you were you couldn't you couldn't be uh, in real life? Yes, it was also part of of it. Yeah, that motivated me to try it like online. No. And, and did you find that uh, some of your fans, your community, moved online with you, and you developed new fans? How how did that work? I guess so. I guess it was also obviously um, good for every streamer and uh, for every online platform um, that like in real life, nothing was really going on. So of course, many people moved to the online world. Um, not that in general, of course, the pandemic was a bad thing, but for uh, us as content creators in the online world, it was of course a, a good thing, right? Because in real life, even though we also do stuff in real life, like gigs, clubs, festivals, whatever, nothing was going on. Everything was closed. And so for many artists, it was even like uh, life-saving. Yeah. Twitch uh, was a good way to, to, to share your, your work and get an income without being, without the real life clubs and festivals. Yeah, it allowed you to continue as a, mm -hmm. as a creator. It really was a, an economic uh, yes. lifeline. Although we should just have a pod clarification, we are definitely on the side that the pandemic was bad. Yes, yes, definitely. So, Vanessa, you've given us such a, a, an insightful, such an articulate understanding of like what this platform means for creators, the community, and how you're interacting with fans. Kevin, I, I want to come to you now and <laughs> maybe come back to the report a bit and sort of, can you elucidate like, why does fandom matter so much on Twitch? We've heard it from the creator, like, what have you found in the report? What do you find from the platform? I was going to go back to a point actually that Vanessa was talking about um, in regards to how chat is such an integral part of it and how people are... You in the attraction feature. Yeah. <laughs> One of the big things I think is like looking at the behaviours of how fandom is changing. Um, so 70% of the audience engage passively. So that means they are reading or listening to content. So that's, that's a big number, right? And that's the biggest number of the three I'm going to give you. But the reason that it's so big is because... Um, Fandom is about entertainment, and fandom should always be about entertainment, and that's going to be the predominant factor. However, what we also found, and this is really interesting because these numbers are significantly higher, is that 55% um, are engaging actively, and by that they are going to events. They are, they are communicating with each other off of the platform. They are spending significant money on their fandom. That's really high, 55%. Even more surprising, 44% are engaging creatively, so they are creating content around this fandom, either within or um, within or around that content. So what you're finding is that you have creators and, and art, I think it is art, um, this really exciting content that then fans are picking up and they're creating their own spin on that. They're, they're using that as a sort of creative seed. Precisely, yeah. So, I mean, if you take a look at um, like, like sidecasting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's a really good example from sports, for example. Um, and where you've got people giving their reaction to a live just, event. Just explain, I mean, you kind of died there, but just explain sidecasting in a bit more depth because I think this is really interesting. Um, for UK listeners, it's the goggle box of another event. <laughs> you basically capture your reaction to a live event. And so that can be like, that could be the Olympics, for example. 
and then you are watching along with them. And like, I think this all points to the same thing. This is all about connection. This is all about humans wanting to be together and like form communities mm. around shared interests. So, I mean, <clears throat> do, we, do we often find that this is a sort of second screen situation where... Yes, precisely. Yeah. But unlike a, I mean, I think there's a, it's an important distinction. Sometimes second screening is because the content you're watching isn't capturing your attention. Mm. This is very much augmenting that. So this is like complementary to that um, and a companion as opposed to um, something that's conflicting with your attention. Interesting. So when it comes to that attention and sort of uh, kind of maintaining that attention, nurturing that attention with fans, you talked a little bit about it earlier, but Vanessa, I want to kind of, kind of come back to that and unpack it a bit more. How are you like engaging with your fans? Like what do you, what do you, how, how do you talk to them? What do you talk about? Um, and what do they, what do they, how do they engage with you? Well, that sort of depends on what kind of content you are creating at the moment. But for example, if I'm here in Cannes and I'm going to a restaurant, I might ask them, what should I try today? What drink should I should I try? People interact. They, they also sometimes say like, oh, we've seen that and that just behind you. And I'm looking, oh, I didn't see that. Let me try that ice cream, you know. So people are actively watching and also writing with me with each other so they, they are talking also to each other not only to me so that is the the great thing because you're reading it you don't need to answer to everything as a content creator because they sometimes are talking between each other and that's the great thing about twitch it's like watching tv but actually um talking to each other it's uh, like if you're watching a, a movie with a friend you're talking about the movie so twitch is same thing they are seeing me do something they it's it's there's a certain suspense because they don't know what's about to happen next, who I'm meeting next, where I'm eating next, what, what is going to happen next, right? So they are in suspense and talking to each other, like, um, and, and also commenting about what they're seeing, what I should do. They influence the course of, of things. They can actually influence what I'm doing. It's like interactive TV. Mm -hmm. um, it's not surprising that Twitch is so successful in video games um, because... Video games give you a sense of agency on the content that you're watching. And we are giving the same thing in a broadcast medium. It is this sort of, this sort of intimacy and, and unfiltered nature, um, which is different to other platforms. Um, and I wonder, you know, I wonder if there's something here in the, in the metrics, right? Because if you look at, obviously there's some extremely large Twitch streamers, but there's a huge, I alluded to it in our, our opening, that there's a large number of channels that are quite small, we would say, but they have very, very engaged fandoms. So I'm going to ask you about metrics and streams and, and volume. How is that different for, for Twitch? Well, okay, let's get on the first big metric. There's 7 million channels a month. Mm. Um, and so it's difficult. It's difficult for you to get your way up there and become a big streamer. So creators have to be really, really um, focused and they have to be offering a real point of difference in order to be able to stand out in a, in a world of 7 million channels. You effectively have an opportunity to reach mass scale on Twitch, even though they are small channels. And so the, if you work with individual, work with individual um, creators, you're going to be able to tap into their audience. And if you use the homepage, you can get significantly more scale. If you work on media, and you're trying to reach those at scale, you can start to tap into those really small communities which really need the money to be able mm -hmm. to continue to have yes. that digital social space. And I really think it is a, a social space, like mm -hmm. in the, not in like social media, like a place to hang out and a place to be with friends. That's how I, I view Twitch. Um, and 
media supports that. And like to the point where at the top of the ad, it says, this ad supports the name of the streamer that you are watching. So this feels like a good moment. So let's talk about how brands can engage, support streamers, support creators. What are those options? So uh, the first thing, the good news is brands have permission to engage with fandoms, particularly on Twitch. Um, we, in our research, only 4% said that they prefer not to see any brands. Interesting. Yeah, so very, very high. And I, I believe, and I'm like, I love your opinion on this, Vanessa. I believe it's because the communities really want you to do well and one measure, one measure of your success would be financial as well as recognition from brands. And I think that recognition is really, really important. Um, 63% agree that any brand can get involved with fandom, uh, fandoms as long as they make an effort to understand it. And that comes to this really crucial point, which is about authenticity. Mm -hmm. If a brand wants to get involved here, authenticity is the key of it. Um, I, was, I was talking to someone who's a lot cleverer than me um, the other week. And he was saying that, um, he was talking about the long-term trend um, of how we engage with celebrities and access. He was talking about, like, if you go back to traditional Hollywood, right, when it's the old studio system, you have no, like, no access at all. They're just on the movie and that's it. There was often no press access. It, it exactly. Completely no. controlled. Yeah. And like human curiosity, I want to know the real person that this is. So we started having interviews and started having TV appearances and interviews, chat shows. That developed then into social media. And then that, that has then Podcast. moved to live streaming podcasts. And, and eventually you get to the, the, the trend there is access and it's also authenticity. People want the raw, uncut version of you, excess and authenticity. And I wonder if, if that is the reason that fans are, are comfortable. In fact, there's an expectation that brands do show up to support streamers and creators. It chimes with something we found in our Meaningful Brands report. We've been running this for over 15 years at a Havas group level. And this year there was a, a shift from uh, collective to personal, partly due to macroeconomic climate uh, and everything else that's going on in the world. The personal means the direct connection, the thing that the brand is doing for me. And that isn't just functional, that's a, a separate thing in the report. Like what does the brand do? Does it fulfill the thing it's supposed to do as a brand? Is it a good toothpaste? Is it a good service? But the personal can be showing up supporting a creator that matters in someone's life. And I think that's a really interesting opportunity in the battle. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, um, I, I have a metric for you from a different study. There's a 17% uplift when we looked at attention studies in terms of brand choice. So in terms of impacting your brand choice when you're going to make a selection within that category. Interesting. That was double any other format that, we, that was registered with the Lumen norm. Um, so we, it looks as though we are more than one percent, um, more than one hundred percent increase in brand uh, brand impact just on that metric alone. Like that attention carries through, but I, I believe the magic bit is exactly what you're talking about: right. showing up for that community and continuing to support that social space for them to continue to chat and hang out. I love this. I'm going to go media metrics corner for just two seconds. Uh, so attention is a, is a new way of, of measuring media. It mm -hmm. looks at eye tracking and it looks at actually are the eyes on the screen. And I, I, it's really interesting that the eyes are quite fixed to the screen, given what we know about fandom from the report and the, um, uh, the interaction feature. Um, again, it's, um, it was 8.8 .8 seconds on average, um, which was like, it's 103% higher than the Lumen norm. So yeah. The attention carry through from the content into the ads. Interesting. So Vanessa, we're going to come back to you and 
incredible platform, incredible opportunity, but work, hard work. Can you give us your guide for how streamers can get started, what they need for watch, what to watch out for and how to build uh, build a following and build content? Mm, I would um, I would say, of course, not just doing your thing. Uh, and uh, the, the main thing is the chat, right? The interactive feature. And <laughs> so, of course... You should rename it. Like, come on. It, 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 it <laughs> stops the tone. too that long. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you, you, you got to interact with the chat because those people are part of the content, like I said before, and uh, they are the ones uh, actually like helping you grow. So you should never forget how important these people are for you. And uh, personally, on my side, I don't know how it is with other streamers, but I, I have a bit of a friendship with the, the people that are there like every day, the, the people that keep coming, that motivate me time and time again, because the streamer also has bad days and bad times, right? And uh, people stick to you on those times as well. They see you go through hard phases and they, they still don't like go. Uh, so so uh, that is something to be grateful for. And that's uh, the meaning of having a community, right? And... Um, I think that's the that's the most important part for any streamer starting up is work hard, stream a lot, and um, actually in, invest time uh, to to make your stream always a bit better. One one last question on tips for for other streamers. Uh, Twitch has some great ways to protect yourself as a as a streamer mm -hmm. um, and creator. Just talk briefly through those. Uh, so you can, of course, you should have, uh, especially when your chat starts getting a certain. Um, size you should have human moderators that check that the chat is a safe place um, but twitch also offers a lot of tools like the automod you can actually set exactly what words should be blocked and uh, what terms should be blocked how um how much the automod should should block in this or that situation so you can do a, a lot of settings um and uh, that offers you an automatic uh, protection and for for the chat as well because certain things don't even appear in the chat they get blocked right away mm -hmm. um but of course there are always things that can go through so that's why the, the moderators are there we call them mods we, we abbreviate and um, they are of course very very important for any streamer because they help the streamer do their content um and protect the chat because the streamer might be distracted and does not have the reaction to delete something mm. that's what the mods are there. They're just there to like, they read the chat. Of course, they watch the content, but they read the chat and um, they are super, super, super important. Um, it's it's a teamwork. Uh, a, a stream is a teamwork between content creator, chat and moderators. Teamwork makes the stream work. Yes. <laughs> so I, th I think that's a really important point on the tools that are offered to protect and help creators. We know that uh, streaming and creating is a taxing job. It's a full-time job and a very hard one. Uh, so it's an important feature of the platform. Yeah, it's, it's massively important. Like um, we we take it really seriously. Um, we want to make sure that it's a safe place for everyone. Um, and and we, we work really hard to continue to do that. I think that's a, a great place to leave it. We've like understood not only the importance of fandom the new research around this, how it's evolving, but the the experience of a of a creator, which is so important, as well as the how the, the platform is increasingly a curated, um, good place, uh, safe place to go, which is um, uh, very exciting. I will be uh, starting my Twitch stream. I won't be. Don't worry, sure. <laughs> so, 
I think we, um, we, we, we need to sort of start to wrap up. So we like to finish every episode of the Meaningful Media podcast with the Meaningful Media Fast Five, where we are going to ask you five questions about your meaningful media, the media that matters to you. Kevin. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to come to you first. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. What were you listening to, reading, watching on the way to Cam? Oh, uh, The Last of Us. I'm behind. Okay. I'm only one episode in, but it's very good. It feels very relevant to this because The Last of Us was, of course, a video game first. Yeah, and a very good one, but I, I, and I loved it. But yeah, that was, that's the last one. Okay, I was actually um, recently watching the stream of the uh, re-release of The Last of Us after watching the show. I don't know what's but anyway, it's a meta, meta weird moment. That's, um, what's the video you start your day with? Uh, I read The Guardian app yeah. most mornings. It's a popular choice. What media do you turn to when you're looking to get inspired? Uh, I read, I read. Okay. Yeah. yeah I read, um, get into my fandoms now. Um, I, uh, I read quite a lot of sci-fi, quite a lot of fantasy, but then I also read quite a lot of business books. What's your media guilty pleasure? Oh, um, that's married at first sight Australia. Um, I used to work in reality TV, so I can't really watch yeah, it. Yeah. I know how it's edited, but that series 10 is absolute gold. Um, Never seen anything like it. It's you should watch it. I know it sounds ridiculous. Okay, check out check out series ten. You can only have one media platform for the rest of your life. That's it. What is it? Well, I work at Twitch, so I, I mean, I would say Twitch because Twitch delivers everything. However, if that's too saccharine, I can give you an alternative. Uh, I think that's very fair. I mean, I I would consider Twitch, but well, but give Twitch, us your... well, Twitch gives me everything because I get content, I get chat, and I can get a community everything in one place, right? Um, and I can, I can still get the information about sports, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I, if I had to choose one outside of that, I would go for a streaming service because I love TV. Like I originally wanted to work in it. And I would probably it would be Prime Video because I can buy anything that I don't already have in Prime. Cheeky. Yeah, Cheeky. Has. Vanessa, you ready to close us out? Sure. Okay. What were you listening to, reading or watching on the way to camp? Magic Mike 2. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, there was no better option at the airplane. The sport force upon you. What's the media you start your day with? Uh, Discord. Discord. Oh, and you have a Discord. Where, yeah, Discord server for my offline times where I chat with the community. Okay. So that's how I start my day usually. Yeah, so when you're not actually live streaming or you're not putting out a stream, you're on Discord checking yes. in. Interesting. What media do you turn to when you're looking to get inspired? Google. Google. Yeah. You, uh, so I, 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 yeah, sometimes I Google random stuff and somehow a complete other idea comes out. But um, Google is just so full of ideas, pictures. You, you get a brainstorm and then usually I get inspired. And uh, Interesting. <laughs> What's your media guilty pleasure? Probably also Discord and Twitch. And, uh, yeah, when when you're there visiting your um, streamers you, you you know well or that you like, and then uh, it's it's hard to get out. The interactive feature is a very. Uh, <laughs> See, there we go. It's it, it, case, oh, it's it catching gets, up. It's, it gets you stuck in there. It's. Uh, yeah. I get like that's a really nice personal media experience yeah. where you, yeah, Kevin was talking about how um, streamers are also uh, watchers and creators yeah, and these, these fandoms and communities intersect and interact. So that's a, a lovely example of you mm-hmm. um, uh, enjoying life within the Twitch uh, ecosystem and and of course Discord. 
Um, so you've got one media platform for the rest of your life. Well, I think that's a yes. <laughs> but yeah, totally I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you two. Oh, all right. um, well, you, you're a creator, so you need that platform. Okay. Uh, what's your What's your second? Oh, that's a hard one. Is it th this Discord count or I, I think I, th I think that counts. That's okay. interesting in okay. and of itself. <laughs> well, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on, lending us your experience and your insights. Vanessa, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitch. Yeah. Vanessa underscore Lopez underscore official. I know a long name, but. <laughs> Check Vanessa underscore official, under, Vanessa Lopez underscore official out. Um, thank you so much, Kevin Paskins, Vanessa Lopez, for being on the Meaningful Media podcast. Thank you so much. And that's why I want you to have us cafe live. And thank you. Cheers.